With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside FM allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. I am Josh and I am joined by my co-host Alex and we are here to recap Giants versus Raiders. We appreciate you joining us. I am Josh speaking now. Alex uh, is with me here and we are going to talk about this game and what uh, went on in there. Uh, If you are new to this podcast, we appreciate you joining us. We appreciate you listening. We are a Giants podcast, if you couldn't tell by the title and description. Uh, you should be able to, though, by now. But anyway, we do recaps and previews. And also, during the offseason, we have all your Giants content. In-season, off-season, whatever it is. Alex, it's a Victory Monday when this episode comes out. We're recording this Sunday night. So, Victory Monday, Victory whatever day right now. And you know what's actually going to be nice going into a bye week with with a victory more than a loss because then it's two weeks to harp on a loss. But now we have two weeks on a victory, and we're at a middle ground right now. Not a middle ground at five hundred record. It's still we're still three and six, but uh, it, it's good to have a win than have a loss going into this bye week. Uh, um, what was that? I don't know. But Alex, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Um, you know, I'm really excited about. Winning finally, so it feels good getting a win against a pretty good opponent here in the Raiders. Obviously, they've had their turmoil recently, so I'm not going to say they're up to their best, but still happy with the win. Um, you know, I I'm not going to say I was texting Josh about this or talking to him about it earlier. You know, this isn't going to change it, right? We're not going to get all excited and now be like Joe Judge to the moon and Jason Garrett's the best offensive core. Jason Garrett still needs to get the hell out of here. 
because he is not very good at calling offensive uh, offensive plays. Pat Graham definitely stepped up in recent weeks, but I, I'm still not on the the train of everything's going to be okay as of right now. Um, we win a few more games, then maybe I'll change my mind. But you know, I'm happy with the win. I like winning, but not going to get too excited yet. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. I definitely think there were ups and downs uh, throughout this game as well. Some stuff I would like to highlight, though, is that the first thing is that Evan Ingram played uh, good. <laughs> uh, he mossed a defender, and also we had Xavier McKinney finally shine. Not finally. He's had a few good plays here and there. He's had interceptions in his career, but two interceptions today, and one of them being a pick six, uh, made made uh, his performance today look really good and probably made him the player of the game in this one, that pick six being very pivotal. Uh, to the final scoreline of 23-16. to 16. Yeah, and the two standout players um, for me on offense, it was Devontae Booker, 21 carries for 99 yards, almost five yards a carry. And he did some tough running behind this very poor offensive line. Uh, a couple of nice receptions as well, screen passes, etc. And he really fought for every yard out there, so I was very impressed with him. And obviously, Xavier McKinney on defense. This is the second time this season that he's had two picks in a game, by the way, which is very interesting. And um, Xavier McKinney has been stepping up. He's been stepping up this season. He's slowly progressed at each and every game. And, you know, I'm happy to see, uh, you know, the value that we got back from. Obviously, we're all very excited, not this past year's draft, but the year before when we got him in the second round when he was, you know, thought to be a mid to late first rounder. Um, and we were able to get him in the second round. And, you know, Giants fans were really excited about that. Obviously, he had his injuries in the first season. We saw a little glimpse towards the end of the season, uh, end of his rookie campaign. But now that we got to see him this season starting fully healthy, it's really been nice to see his progression in the league because um, it's almost like he's a rookie this season, if you think about it that way. And, uh, you know, he his awareness, playing safety, you know, he, he, he's done well. He's able to read the quarterback. I I think he's going to be a solid player for this team. You know, there was issues. There was worries about his speed, uh, coming out of college. Obviously he didn't run the fastest 40 at the combine. Um, but you know, I, I really like him and he's a real like nice instinctive safety. I think he's a solid tackler and obviously has a, a, an eye for the ball as well getting these interceptions. So I'm a really big fan of McKinney, but uh, really impressed with Booker as well. And it was good to see in his second start for the New York Giants, Quincy Roche really stand out and made the final play in this game. Don't forget about that. Uh, was not the exact final play, but it was the game, the, the game, the play that sealed the deal for the New York Giants in this game. Um, a strip shot. You can't talk a strip sack fumble. I would, I would, categorize it as on Derek Carr with uh, Leonard Williams, I want to say, getting the ball back on that. And then the celebration began um, after that point. So a good job by Quincy Roche in his second start with the New York Giants. Good for him. And Pat Graham's defense stepped up in this game. Uh, I saw Justin Panic post on Twitter, uh, you know, changed my mind. Just had the Raiders start with the ball every time in the red zone and uh, let it go from there. And I I would very much agree with him. The amount of times the Giants defense, I wish I knew the stat line, I should, uh, but the amount of time the Giants defense had forced the Oakland down, 
Las Vegas Raiders to uh, to force them to take a field goal, I think was a tremendous amount. Um, and they did really well holding them. I know, obviously, th- those were on normal Riley Dixon punts or when we scored a touchdown, uh, you know, kickoffs, and they drove down the field and then up to the point of getting to the red zone. But they did what they needed to do. Obviously, it would be better if they let up zero, right? But they let up only three. And in that in that part of the game, it was pivotal. So I would have to say great job to Pat Graham um, and his Giants defense at that point for what they did. Uh, and they only led this team to three points a lot of the time. Yeah, it was impressive. Uh, obviously, they didn't have as many offensive weapons. Um, but, you know, Darren Waller's still a threat. He obviously had a few receptions and did hurt us quite often. But definitely... Um, definitely an issue not it wasn't really a big issue um but yeah very good defensively particularly Quincy Roche like you mentioned is very solid off the edge I don't think he's one of those guys who gets a ton of pressure um but he's definitely an upgrade over Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez so I'm happy about that and it seems like we got something there in Quincy Roche these guys are situational pass rushers right especially Quincy Roche He's not really meant to be a starting pass rusher, but he's a he's a nice piece. And if we can bring in somehow a pass rusher, whether that's in free agency or in the draft to really be that guy, he could be a nice piece in that edge rushing core. But I don't think he's really starter caliber where we're, you know, where where he is currently. I don't think that's really going to be his role or hopefully won't be his role long term. Obviously, I hope he develops into that guy, but not sure if he exactly has the tools to do that, but very solid from him. And he really puts all his effort on every snap. So really nice to see someone actually playing for the Giants, playing for the fans. It's very much appreciated. <laughs> what happened to your X Factor, Alex? Where is Brian Edwards on that field? Wasn't it Brian Edwards? Yeah, Brian Edwards was, you know, he. to be fair, he was on uh, covered by Bradbury a certain bit. He was a bit, uh, a little bit. He was, he was, he no. was. There was multiple snaps he was covered by James Bradbury. Alex, <laughs> James Bradbury covered Darren Waller that entire game. Not the whole game. Not in every single snap. Not in every single snap. But there was a few snaps. I'm not going to make the excuse. But yes, Brian Edwards did not have a great game. Derek Carr did didn't have, have a great, great game. game. Did not have a great, he didn't have a single catch. You're feeding our podcast listeners wrong information here. It's yeah, upsetting. He did not have a single catch. Oh my God, he didn't. Okay, well. Anyway, how about you give credit to me selecting Hunter, Hunter Renfro? Is that who yes, you selected? Let me the guess. touchdown yeah. uh, catcher, uh, Hunter Renfro. <laughs> and I could have very well selected Darren Waller as well, uh, but I didn't want to go too generic. So that's what I did there. But we knew this. We knew this. We knew that the Giants would get you know bit by the tight ends, uh, and they did quite a lot. And we also had players missing tackles. I know they're big. You know they're big dudes. Uh, or Darren Waller specifically. But the amount of times I saw Darren Waller get catches over 10 yards was insane. Insane. So that was annoying. Um, he had, what, seven catches for 92 yards, almost 13 yards to catch a little over that. So good for Darren Waller. But this Giants defense was able to hold tight inside the red zone, and that's what really mattered at the end of the day. Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, yeah, they exposed us running the ball. They didn't score that many touchdowns, though. So, I mean, that's really what won us this game was was this defense. And it's cool seeing Patrick Graham's defense come back into shine. You know what is cool as well is that the progression of this defense uh, in the season, I know we've been talking about it. They kind of kept this in last season the whole time, and we brought it back 
The big one being against the Rams, where it was like up to that point, where is this defense? Like, what's happening? Going to the Rams game, oh my God, where is this defense? What the hell happened? Patrick Rams needs to be gone. Uh, and then after that point, defense slowly got better. We saw last weekend with the Chiefs, last weekend, uh, last week with the Chiefs, they did well. They stood their ground, right? Here's the difference. They stood their ground, okay? I know we didn't see it earlier in this season. I, I understand that. But maybe even in like a little slight improvement. I think that second half against the Rams, we only allowed 10 points. Yeah, maybe there's a good sign there. I mean, go defense. I don't know. But past that point uh, with the Rams, this defense has been pretty good. So I would just like to give credit where credit is due. My next point, Kadarius Tony. Where was he on this field today? Um, he did one of the pass across the field to Kadarius Tony. I don't know who threw it. Maybe it was Jones. Maybe it was like Booker or something. Uh, and then Tony was like looking for an option and got absolutely stuffed. So, all right, Jason Garrett, you tried that one trick play. Congrats, buddy. You know, it didn't work. It maybe worked two weeks ago, but we shouldn't, we don't need to do it again. Maybe like create a different one. Could you, could you, you know, brighten up the playbook a little bit more? You know, you want to create a new play here and there? No, let's just run the same trick play again. That's great. Good. You know, what's cool is that the, the Las Vegas Raiders, as best say Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders defense knew what was coming. The analyst said it on the broadcast. They knew that Kadarius Tony played high school quarterback, right? This is in their scouting report. So you got to kind of switch it up a little bit. Have Kadarius Tony be a quarterback. Don't do the exact same trick play that you did a week or two before where Kadarius Tony had it successful. Because when he has it, when he has it successful, that's when it goes in the playbook. In the scouting report heading into this game, not not the playbook, but in the scouting report, su- successful plays. I can't say successful for some reason today, but good plays for the Giants goes in the scouting report for the opposite team to show how they can weaken those good plays, right? So, you know, that's what happened, and that's what the Raiders capitalized on. And then it was one catch that Kadarius Tony had in this game, one catch for negative two yards. I think that, that was it. That was the, the quarterback one. So... Where's Kadarius Tony? It's not supposed to be injuries, or at least that's what Tony said, right? It's not an injury concern. Uh, is it some type of Joe Judge installment of you're sitting because you did something bad in practice? I don't know. I, I don't know about that, but I have no idea why he wasn't catching the ball more. So Two words, Jason and then Garrett. Jason Garrett is a problem. His lack of creativity is a problem. His failure to use Evan Ingram, his failure to use Kadarius Toney, his failure to use Kenny Galladay in those one-on-one situations and for those jump balls, his failure to use Devontae Booker sometimes even in the proper ways, his, you know, his failure to get the ball out quickly for Daniel Jones considering how bad this offensive line is. You know, there's just been a lot of failures by Jason Garrett. Even when Saquon Barkley was healthy, I thought we just didn't get him involved enough. And that also has to go with Jason Garrett. Saquon Barkley is the most talented and the best player on this offense. When he's on the field, you got to feed him. Um, And we just really didn't do that. And yeah, Jason Garrett's got to go. But I want to talk about Evan Ingram real quick. Evan Ingram, you know, I don't know, you know, if anyone's listened to my prior thoughts on Evan Ingram, they probably think I'm kind of a hater of Evan Ingram. I wouldn't really say I'm a hater. I've actually always kind of thought that, hey, this guy could have some potential, but it's just infuriating sometimes with his drops. But Evan Ingram, he had that contested catch today for the touchdown. He got that. 
And he had a couple other nice catches as well throughout the game. And I thought he was very solid. And when he's going up against these linebackers, going up against these safeties, it's a real mismatch. And he could really be one of these top receiving tight ends in the league if we just were able to cater our game a little bit better around him. Because he's a true weapon with his speed, with his size. It's just, it's really unfortunate how the Giants don't use him well. And I bet you, let's say this offseason, Evan Ingram leaves and goes somewhere else. He will be a mighty, he'll be mightily more successful than he is here at the New York Giants. Two points I want to talk about regarding your comments. The first one being Evan Ingram, let's not get too excited, right? The guy had three catches for 38 yards and a touchdown. For when he was used and thrown the ball, he did well. I think he did have one other first down in this game um, after mossing, completely mossing a defender. Um, but that play, that one play, it was an it was an explosive play, and that's what we need to see more of in this Giants offense. So just that's the first point. Just don't get too carried away with Ingram's performance today. But I agree, he did do well. I, I wasn't necessarily getting carried away. More that I just feel like this guy has so much potential, and the fact that we're not using it really is painful. All these guys that we we have on this team that are very talented, and we're just not using them properly. Kadarius Tony is one of them. Kenny Galladay is so misused. You know, I'll, I'll give them a break for this week, considering he was injured and stuff like that in the beginning of the season. You know, he didn't really have that connection with Daniel Jones going. But, you know, towards this last stretch of the season, if we don't see Kenny Galladay being used more often, putting balls up for him to contest one-on-one on the outside, I'm going to be very upset. Because what's the point of paying the guy $18 million a year if we're not going to use him? It's less about Kenny Galladay and his fault because when he's been on the field, he's made most of the catches that he's been asked to catch or, you know, that he's been thrown. He's When he's been thrown at, he's caught the ball most of the time. He's won the couple of contested catches he's gotten. But, you know, we got to use him better. When he's not injured, yes, the injury concerns are definitely concerning, but we're not giving him opportunity, him an opportunity to show why we paid him that money. And it's, it's unfortunate. Jason Garrett needs to do better. And hopefully we'll do better. Alex, I appreciate you because you are just having me increase my talking points for this because I saw the one left over. And now I'm going to mention the one that you just said in this. So thank you. So I'll, I got to make sure to hold on to the other one. I want to go to Kenny Galladay since we're on that topic. You mentioned him because he only had a small for a guy who's had what I think this Fox – uh, it was CBS actually. I think the broadcast was on, but the CBS stat line of what eight games with over a hundred yards. I want to say receiving. It might have been more. It might have been less. A little bit, but I know it was. I think around there. I think it was around there. A, a small two catches for twenty eight yards, fourteen yards a catch today. And you know what's funny, Alex? Why pay a guy eighteen million dollars when we're not going to throw him a ball? Throw him a ball. Why pay a guy eighteen million dollars when you know this is the case with Kenny Galladay with the injuries? We talk about not throwing Kenny Kenny Galladay the ball, Alex. He hasn't had that many games with this team to prove who he is so far because of the injury concerns. That has been a problem since we signed him. We talked about it. You know, even prior to when we signed him, we knew that they had, the Giants had interest in him. They wanted a wide receiver and free agency. Uh, and both of us were talking about it. And we were like, uh, with a lot of injury and injury history, we don't really know if we want that. You know, it's not something. And then we signed him. And it was a huge contract, right? Four years, $72 million, $18 million a year. Then we were on the podcast reacting to that. I think we did a YouTube video reacting to it. 
uh, that that's a lot of money. I mean, good player that we brought in, but I don't know because the injury concerns. And we go into the season, and it's just what we predicted. Two 16-year-old Alex, two 16-year-olds predicted that. And and a bunch of other, and I, I'm, it's not like just, just us two, and a bunch of other people in the Giants media, a bunch of YouTubers, a bunch of podcasters, we're all supposed to be stupid, right? We don't know anything about this team. That's what all the hate comments and all that stuff we get, right? But we all knew it. But yet our, our GM, Dave Gettleman, and Joe Judge, apparently maybe they knew it, but they just hid behind a curtain because of it, right? They're like, uh, we don't need to address that. Yeah, Kenny Gallagher's had injuries. It's fine. Let's just overpay him. It'll be fine. And we overpay him. He gets injured. And then even when he comes in, we don't throw him the ball. So what is it going to be? Are we going to pay a guy to sit on the bench, not play because they're injury prone? And even when they're in, we're not going to throw it to them? What's it going to be? I don't know. But, I mean, that could be Jason Garrett. That could be Daniel Jones and his reads. But he showed you when Kenny Galladay got thrown the ball today, there was one really good first down that he caught. And we know that he's good in one-on-one contested catches. Maybe, maybe it is Daniel Jones. And maybe he's just not throwing to him because he's worried about the one-on-ones. He sees that he's like really contested and covered the whole time. And he's like, I don't want to risk it, right? Because he's too worried about getting another pick and getting uh, getting yelled at about it. I don't know. But there, there's something that's got to be changed. And you're right about that. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I mean, besides that, in terms of other things that happen in the game, there's not much else, you know. It was a it was a decent win. Obviously, the headphones didn't seem to be an issue, except for one play later in the third, in the fourth quarter, was it that Joe Judge took a timeout there? He, he had it. Listen, it was an important call, right? The Raiders were driving, even though for some random reason it was like a perfectly fine time to 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 not take a timeout. He really he really needed that one. The headphones were messing it up. There, unfortunately, <laughs> with six, I think it was six twenty eight left. Whatever it was. Our, our headphones here at the Giant Take Podcast, you know, it, they're just so much better than the ones that the New York Giants, the football team that spends probably thousands of dollars on those headphones, whereas we probably spent 30 bucks on our headphones. And uh, yeah, so pretty interesting. But our headphones work pretty fine. We can communicate here on the podcast. So I don't know. Maybe Joe Judge should take some notes and get some simple headphones off Amazon. And maybe it would be a little bit better. Maybe maybe he should, Alex, and I'll go to that last point just so I don't forget it. You mentioned the offensive line a little bit ago and how their troubles have been. Their troubles have been throughout the season. This offensive line has really struggled. We've had different pairs uh, of you know offensive linemen throughout the season due to injuries and all of, and and just bad play, honestly. Besides the one text you sent me about Nate Soldier completely messing up on a play, and there were a few plays where Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones got pressured applied. Uh, pressure applied to him a few times. Devontae Booker had nowhere to go. That could have been bad play calling. That also was the offensive line collapsing. The offensive line was okay, was subpar. I don't want to go anything past that, but they were not bad today. So not bad, subpar, and and average, okay. Those are like the four or five words I want to use because I don't want to go too crazy. But isn't subpar, didn't I find out that subpar means that's that it's bad? Or that it's okay. I'm always subpar confused. is below average. Par is average, right? Because the par, like in golf, isn't that like the? Like I the... I always misuse that. So yeah, average, subpar. It's below average. So three words: average, okay. Two words. Wasn't That's there two one? Words. one isn't, wasn't there one more that I used? Average, okay. Decent. Decent. Yeah. So I say that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. 
You know what's also good, though, is that our, our offense didn't have to do that much because our defense just did, the, like I said, the I think I said it uh, already, the McKinney pick six just came up so big that yeah. Daniel Jones didn't have to do that much throwing. Booker did a lot of the running as well. So Jones only had 15 completions. And, I mean, it is kind of good, though, as much as we want that, like, Kenny Gallagher to stand out with seven receptions for 100 yards and Evan Ingram to do the same. I think it does look kind of good on the stat sheet that he spread out the ball between Ingram, Galladay, Booker, Rudolph, Tony, uh, and Penny. They weren't successful. They were negative yards. But uh, just to show that he spreads the ball um, was a good thing. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much it, right? Um, you know, no. this is the, the for this is the first time I was gonna I was gonna wrap up with it, Josh. Don't worry. I'm not about I'm it. not done wrapping up. I have I right. still have stuff to talk about. Well, I wanted to mention something funny, non Giants related. Um, I was. You watching... want to save that though? <sighs> fine, fine. I'll save it. You sorry, go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, you don't want to talk about the fullbacks? What what is the what is the use with this Giants team and fullbacks? It's it's really funny. Loving it. They're, They're loving going it. into the season with two fullbacks, obviously having having uh, Colin Gillespie and Elijah Penny instead of having more running backs. So that that already when we saw that in the fifty three man roster, we're like, oh, interesting. We've never used Colin Gillespie really. I mean, unless on, off, on offense on special on teams. Yes, I know special teams guy. You know, oh, that's another thing. Oh, I'm gonna add that to the to the bullet point so I don't forget it because that'll come in later. Um, special teams. And I could get to it right now, but I don't want to talk about that right now. Fullbacks. Mm. So Colin Gillespie was used today a little bit, a, a tiny little bit, right? He, We had a, a two fullback set. We're looking like the Baltimore Ravens out there, except they have a running back in the backfield and a running back to the right side, or they have a running back to the – you know how they do like the three-man sets and it's kind of like Lamar in front? Next to, to the right of him is a running back, and then behind him is another running back, and they do the that well, was they like, have awesome. like they have like they have like Ricard or whatever, right? The fullback for the Ravens, he's very yes. good. So that, yeah, he's that makes there, sense. And it would be like Devonta Freeman behind him. You know what's funny? That's the Giants, except we're rocking two fullbacks in the backfield with Elijah Betty and Cole Gillespie. So I don't know what the, this Giants team values in the fullbacks. I know Elijah Penny really did look good though. Five carries, 35 yards, seven yards per carry. It's just funny. I guess we're kind of valuing Elijah Penny as a big man running back now because if you look up his height and weight, and I have to look it up, but when he's on the football field, he just looks like kind of like a like a stronger running back. He looks like a running back. If, if you showed me him and I had no knowledge he, of the Giants. He's like, a, he's like a bulkier running back. Yeah, like I, I could see him as a running back, but it's like if he's a running back, just label him as a running back. Don't tell me he's a fullback. That's the only thing because we never use him in the fullback situations, really. Not that much. Unless we're doing fullback draws and we put him in that middle spot behind Jones and he, then he does a fullback dive. But besides that, when he does his runs, it's normally just him in the backfield instead of Devontae Booker. And, and it's like him, he would be lining up as a running back. So it's, it's interesting. That, yeah, that's for what sure. I wanted to say. Go to special teams. I would love to go to special teams. <laughs> so um, here, but just just before that, I just like to you know just gotta check the gotta check the. Uh, so he's six two two thirty four. Big dude. <laughs> Big dude. I don't want to walk into that dude on the street. Uh, so Derek Henry in comparison is six three two thirty eight. So I don't think we need to compare him to Derrick Henry. No, but no, yeah. no, I'm just saying because Derrick Henry is known as like one of those bulky running backs, the big guy. Yeah, big he's all, but he's also quick. Are you are you saying Elijah Penny is not quick, Alex? 
Are you trying I to start a feud? He's he's not Derek. Uh, he's not Derek Henry. Quick. I'm not comparing him to Derek Henry, Alex. You're taking the wrong thing out of it. I'm just comparing a bulkier running back to consider Elijah Penny as a bulkier running I, back. I get it. I get it. All I'm saying is Elijah Penny doesn't have the speed to break away from tackles. Um, yeah. Sorry. He's more of like to... a a ju- a jump and pound type of guy. Uh, jump and pound, sense. right? Sure. Run and pound. Yeah, I was just trying to catch my breath there for a second. I lost it. Uh, it's back now. It's back in time to criticize Joe Judge for special teams. Let's go. Uh, Joe All Judge, right, let's go. special teams coach, right? That's why he's signed. That's why he's head coach of the New York Giants, right? We value special teams. We're special teams gurus and the geniuses on this team, right? Uh, special teams and wide receivers coach on the New England Patriots. That has not translated to the New York Giants on their special teams. Now, I don't know if it's players individually. But you know what's funny, Alex? This giant special teams are the highest penalized group in the NFL. The highest penalized special teams group in the NFL. You know, that would be funny if your head coach was a special teams coach before becoming a head coach of the New York Giants. And guess what, Alex? He was. That's the funny part. He was. Now, th- this could be on players individually because a few of them were like unnecessary roughness stuff. Um... It wasn't the one on Keen Crossing today about the same deal, right? Wasn't that unnecessary roughness? I could be wrong, but I, I do believe that's what it was. And it's funny, too, because we signed Keon Crossing not to be on defense, but to be on special teams because he's supposed to be a special teams really good player. And I swear this has been on a few occasions now where he's gotten penalties on him, special teams related. So, yeah, that, that's all I really had to say. It's just like, Clean up the special teams. I feel like we say it every time. We keep on saying, Joe Judge, you're the special teams coach. Why why are our special teams not good? We're repeating the same thing every time. So there's got to be a problem there. There's a problem there. We got to fix it. And it's not being fixed, though. So that's why I'm getting upset at at still saying it's got to be fixed. It's still not being fixed. So it's annoying me. So now I got to stop. And you can go. I I, I don't want you to forget what you were going to say that's not Giants related. So uh, I'm looking at my doc. I'm looking at my doc. Oh, one, one stat. Here we go. Um, the Giants are three and six after nine games for the first time since 2016. Boom. Everything's off the Google Doc. We're good now. Go. Interesting. All right. For my non-Giants related thing, I was just talking about it because I was watching the uh, Chiefs. Who are they playing? The Packers, right? The Packers. That, that relates to my story. I was watching the Chiefs Packers game. I'm not sure if people saw this, but they were kind of, you know how they always show like when it's the first time for a quarterback starting, they like show their families in the stands stuff like that. Well, Jordan Love, who obviously is filling in for Aaron Rodgers, he was up in the stands that his family, his uh, his mom and his girlfriend, were all the way in Arrowhead, right? They were at the very top. They were literally at the, la- for the highest seat they could possibly be in. And it was just funny because you'd think like, oh, you know, quarterbacks, parents and family. It's like, you know, these guys, you know, they're usually in like the box or somewhere nice, right? These guys are sitting in the last row at Arrowhead about to fall off the edge of the stadium. And I just thought it was funny, but that's it. So you're telling me they weren't given the uh, Jackson Mahomes type of view. They were not given the Jackson Mahomes. And I I'm, saw a tweet about it after and they did not get the Rogers rate on the tickets. Let's just say. Oh, that. that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I, I guess we will get into more of it, but we really don't go into the game specifically, Alex. So you bring up NFL stuff. I think we should mention this a little bit. The upsets today, pretty great, honestly, to, to kind of watch switching back and forth with the Giants at commercials and at red zone, seeing uh, the differences um, in what we would 
predict, and I will tell you when we calculate it, Alex, when we calculate it on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever we plan to do our episode, and we should mention that at the end of the the episode with the bye week. I don't know what you want to do, so we should should have communicated this before recording, but I guess we'll, we'll communicate it live on the podcast and we'll figure out what you want to do. But Falcons beating the Saints 27-25, that was a big one. I know the Saints, you know, they're still not fully set with the quarterback. And now Jameis Winston already being out. Oh, no. Trevor Simeon, uh, Taysom Hill kind of trying to switch back and forth. Nothing really worked out. The smallest win of this weekend, or of Sunday at least, we haven't, you know, seen the results of the Sunday night or Monday night game. 9-6. When do you see 9-6 in this modern-day NFL anymore? Especially from the Buffalo Bills, who actually lead the NFL in scoring. Six points. That, that, that was insane to me. That was insane to me. You don't see that from the Bills, and you don't see that from the modern NFL, right? All offense now, and we didn't see that. So the Jaguars, congratulations, beating the Bills. That, that was crazy. The Browns beating the Bengals. Listen, Alex, I would say congratulations on that, too. Uh, you have mentioned on this podcast, don't know if it was this week or last week, the Bengals are the most overhyped team in the NFL. And you are right. They are. Because it was clearly shown today. So I want to give you credit where credit's due. I believe that I had the Panthers over the Patriots today. I want to say, like, and didn't you say, like, oh my God, how can you have them over? Or did I have the Patriots and you had the Panthers? No, you had the Panthers. I okay. had the Patriots. I'm looking over the list. Yeah. That okay. was a pretty big blowout. I don't know what it came to. It was like 24-6 when I was looking at it. It was 24-6 is the final. Broncos oh, okay. over Cowboys. We mentioned that, I think, already, but good job. Thank you. I uh, appreciate that. The Vikings-Ravens uh, going to overtime. Good job for the Vikings for hanging in yeah. there. And then the rest, I mean, it, it was all kind of predicted stuff. After Rodgers uh, was ruled out due to COVID, then it was kind of like, Okay, well, Chiefs are going to win. Although they did try and keep, they did do their best to keep it close. So good for them. Yeah, but um, I don't don't think any other games were particularly close. I mean, uh, Saints Falcons, big win for the Falcons there, right? Yeah, Uh, with their young way coup last minute field goal. Trevor (laughs) Trevor Simeon's not really the guy. Let's just say that. And updating on the two points, actually, that I mentioned last episode with Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham, let's let's give the update on that. Well, Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show, I want to say it was Friday, uh, speaking about how it was his own decision, and actually how he talked to Joe Rogan, I think it was, about the decision. Um, and, you know, he talked to doctors and Joe Rogan about how, um, I think he was doing it to strengthen his immune system, because I have heard that it, that is one reason that uh, people did not go, I don't know. I don't really know exactly. I know he's taking a lot of vitamins, taking vitamin D, something like that. I, I, I honestly didn't really follow up on that uh, too too much. I did like see a few clips from the, uh, but I just wanted to kind of update on that. He hasn't had his first press conference though, because obviously he still has COVID. So I'm very interested to see what he tells the media. And who's the first to snap and say, hey, you lied to us in August. What are you going to do now? <laughs> um I wonder how that's going to go. And then Odell Beckham released by the Browns. And what is will he Will officially do? be released on Monday, tomorrow, or today when you're listening to this, right? And then we'll – you're not. we're not going to know in this episode, but he will probably be picked up tomorrow by someone. Well, he wants to go to a contender, quote-unquote, which why wouldn't you? You're Odell Beckham, right? Well, what contender is he? The Buccaneers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you want to do our – let's just do our, our – 
for predictions for, for it. Predictions for why not? And I'm just gonna put it down here. Uh, OBJ prediction. So we have it down. I'm sorry if you hear me typing in the background. I'm gonna go for. So these are the, these are the teams I'm thinking. The Rams. I don't think so. Um, when I'm thinking of the contenders, I could see the Bills. That's an interesting one. Um, but I think, I think the Saints is where he's going to go, but I'm not sure. I'm going to predict Saints. Okay. And that's funny because I'm going to stay in that area and go the Packers. We always have said that Aaron Rodgers needs that second guy. Well, why not be Mr. Odell Beckham Jr.? Although I don't see him and Rodgers fitting together. Uh, but he has Adams, and uh, he doesn't. He never really had that second receiving option, right? I mean, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Alan Lazard, they haven't really done the trick. You're shaking your head over there about my Packers. My, my thoughts about OBJ is OBJ, he's a, he's, he's a bit egotistical, right? I, I Alex, think we can all wherever he goes, it's going to be a problem. There is nowhere that he's going to fit. I'm not, I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm trying to say. Okay. I'm saying Odell Beckham. He wants to be that guy, right? He wants to be that guy. I think we can agree on that, right? He wants to be the main man. And at the Packers, if he goes to the Packers, he's under the shadow of De- uh, Devontae Adams, right? I think that's pretty easy to say. Not saying like Devontae Adams is like some loud guy, you know, it, you know, has a big ego or whatever. I don't really know. Probably doesn't seem like that type of guy. But I think Odell wants to go somewhere where he's the clear number one. I think at the Saints, he would be. Obviously, Michael Thomas is out for the year, and he would be that real main man in the Saints offense. Well, listen, we need someone to go up to Odell Beckham and say straight to his face, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. So, I mean, so, someone's got to do it, right? We, he knows the meme. We all know the meme. I think someone, someone's like got to send it to him. Someone in his contacts has to just send him that meme with no contacts, actually, and just someone in his contacts has to do that. Just uh, let it out. So, oh, go ahead. Oh, nothing. I was just going to say Matthew Stafford is having a shocker right now, by the way. I, I don't know what's going on. I just saw on Twitter that he just had two picks in like two consecutive snaps. A regular pick that set the Titans up on the three-yard line and then a pick six, the play after that. Isn't that right. crazy? Great. Yeah, my, my sleeper fantasy fan, it's over. I, I'm going Oh, you have, you have Matt Stafford? Oh, I already lost, but yeah, that's not going to help me anyway. And yeah. <laughs> I went from first to fourth, and now I'm going to be even further than that. So, <laughs> Alex, I wish you good luck in, in second place right now, or first place. Actually. I'm in first place right now. looks like I'm projected to win, so hopefully but anyway, it goes my way. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. 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 So, Alex, the Giants have a bye. Yes. Now, this is true. Our next game is going to be prime time. Buccaneers, Monday Night Football. Yes, November 22nd. What would you like to do? I know we shouldn't be doing this like right here, right now, but... I'm thinking we get a well-deserved break from this Giants torture. And I think we... It isn't torture because we just came off a win. That's true. But it's still mind-bogglingly painful to be a Giants fan. Okay. I think we do... We will come back with a preview for the Buccaneers game. Okay. That makes so sense. So we're going to get over a week off. Yes. Okay. I think that would be, that'd be that's pretty. That's a big statement. That's a big statement. Yeah. So according to Alex, <laughs> we're going to get 
over a week off. We could see you earlier than that because I might lose my mind not talking about the Giants team because I love them <laughs> way too much as a fan. Well, another kind of, thing we might do is maybe we post a YouTube video. It's kind of upsetting. I was thinking YouTube video. We'll, we'll yeah. figure it out. But anyway, we'll figure it out. Stay tuned to Twitter to find out. Yeah, stay tuned to Twitter. So follow us basically everywhere, though. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. I think that's all the same names of the Giant Take Pod, okay? So all those are the Giant Take Pod. Also, YouTube is the Giant Take Podcast. You can find us there. We didn't have an episode because for some reason the video just wasn't working today. But hopefully we'll get a YouTube video uh, either about this game or a YouTube video sometime this week or next week, uh, like Alex was saying. Just kind of talking, man. We're, we're trying to really expand the YouTube channel, do more videos. We just haven't gotten to it because, well, school exists, and it kind of sucks. It really does. Not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie. If school if school was an option, I would choose to not take it, but it is. <laughs> so, unfortunately, that's the route I went. Uh, and, and, yeah, so when we get the free time, we'll try our best, but it's just hard. That's all. Yeah, for sure. So uh, subscribe wherever you're listening. Five stars if you can. And uh, you want to close it out, Alex? Or you want to let me ride ride the wave? I'll, I'll close it out. You know, I, I want to close it out right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop your wave right in its tracks. I w- I do want to mention the TikTok. That's, that's not how waves work. I was gonna actually help you out and say you should take over and ride the wave to the shore. All right, I will ride the ride ride the wave to the shore. I did want to mention the TikTok. We're we're starting to build a interesting community on TikTok with lots of very passionate people. So make sure to go check that out. And I think our TikToks are getting better. So hopefully they are. Go check the go check the TikTok out. I wouldn't say they're getting fun. I wouldn't say they're getting better. I would say they're getting more frequent. So you will always have a video waiting for you. Exactly. And some interesting comments in the comments section. Let's just say that. All right. Some interesting (laughs) content in the TikToks as well. Yes, that is very true. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening to this episode 126. Can you believe it's 126? It's just crazy. Josh is feverishly looking up to make sure it is 126 at this moment, I'm guessing. Can't tell, but I saw him look down very quickly at his keyboard. 126. Thank you, everyone. Hopefully I'm right. And we'll see you back in a week, week and a half or so for another Giants preview. Enjoy next weekend. Go Giants. Shipitstudios.com slash the giant take. That's where all of our links are nope. for the podcast to subscribe. <laughs> Alex, you are correct with 126. Okay, perfect. Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 126 of the Giant Take Podcast, and we'll see you next time with another Giants preview. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.